one of my most favorite songs was right there. It is well. Um, Brian, opens us up, please. Philippians 4, if you want to turn there, that's kind of where we'll be today. I don't know why this, this song has been running through my mind almost all week. And Rhonda said we sang this last week, so I didn't want to push the issue or anything. So, I mean, we, we, you can't sing the same song back to back, can you? I think in Baptist churches, I'm not sure you can but this song just keeps, I, I can't get rid of it. I'm going to tell her, okay? She's not here, so I'm going to tell her we can do that, okay? You've given me permission to tell her. But, I, and uh, I don't know why this has been rolling around in my mind <laughs> all week. I don't know, I couldn't get rid of it, I guess. But it goes like this. No, I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read them to you. When peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well with my soul it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll it is well with my soul. The title of the message today is in a kind of a series that we're in, Stress Less, Finding Peace in the Chaos. Finding Peace in the Chaos. I hope this is be an encouragement to you. Uh, I, I, I normally don't normally say anything about jotting down some notes, but about halfway through, I want to, if I remember, I want to encourage you to write down just four, four notes, okay? Just on the back of your, your bullet there somewhere. And the reason is I don't, do not want you to forget these four points. It is so important that we understand these four points. And like I said, we're not there yet. It'll take me a little bit to get there. You know me. It takes me a while to get going there. But when I get there, I do want to just... Uh, would just ask you to. I mean, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you do it. But I think it would be a benefit to you. I, I don't know about you, but so many times anymore, when I hear something or I go to sleep, it's some, it just, some things just drain out of my mind. I don't know why. They just, they just leave me. I don't know if you have that same problem. But it sure does me. So I have to write stuff down so, so I can at least remember it. And the problem is, if I can remember where I put it, what I wrote down. That's, that's the other part of that issue, Okay. All right. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Let's just go ahead and read it, I guess. And we'll refer back to it here quite a bit, I think. 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, <laughs> let your requests be, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite verses, too. There have been over 1.2 billion Google searches on how to manage stress. Can you believe that? 1.2 billion. How to manage stress. We talked a little bit about that uh, last Sunday, did we not? How stress can affect us physically, it can affect us mentally, it can affect us spiritually, can it not? It is a big player in, in our lives. And, and people are wanting to know how to get rid of that. And it's not so much they want to get rid of the stress of, of life, but they're looking for something else also. Something to, to replace the stress, if you would. And they're looking for a thing known as peace. They want peace. People want to have peace within themselves. People want to have the peace of God in their self. People want to have peace as they live out their lives. And they want to have peace in the world. They are searching for peace. And today, hopefully when we get there, I want to give you four things that uh, I believe the Bible teaches us how we can have peace. And, and I promise you, not a one of them has anything to do with Opal Renfrey or Dr. Phil. I promise you. Okay? It has everything to do with Father God. And that's where real peace will come from. Yeah. So what is this peace? What is peace? And I think you can see it up there on the board. A sense of divine favor. Rooted in your confidence in God and ground in your relationship with Him. It is divine favor in Him, in our relationship to Him. Just leave that up there, Dirkster. The world will tell you, peace, that is not a definition of peace. The world will tell you the definition of peace is the absence of conflict. If you're not having any conflict, you are at peace. And that, and that the only way you'll ever have peace in this whole world is to be absent of any kind of conflict and any kind of struggles. Boy, if that's the case, who can have peace in this whole world? I mean, that's impossible, isn't it? I mean, just living life. I mean, some days a struggle, just getting up and trying to eat breakfast some days. I mean, there's always kinds of stresses out there that tries to take away our peace. And if you look at that definition again, it is the divine favor. Divine's talking about God. It is that divine favor that he gives to us because we are his children and we have a relationship with him. Peace comes from God. God is the source of peace in your life. Did you know that? Peace comes because we have a faith in our Lord and Savior. Peace comes because we have this abiding presence in every one of us as believers 
of the Holy Spirit in our life. I'm here to tell you today, you maybe have never heard this, but as Christians, as born-again believers, we really do have the opportunity to have an indescribable peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that makes no sense in the life of a believer or the life of this old world. We truly, truly, truly can have that kind of peace. But part of the problem of of getting that kind of peace is you and I. And we're going to look at that today. Unshakable peace that can never be taken away from us. Have you ever seen a person who has that kind of peace amongst the struggles of life? Have you ever seen that person who, who you just know is really battling something, whatever that something might be? And you know that they are, and yet they seem to be completely calm. They have their, their walk around with their head up. They seem to be at peace with the world and what's going on. And, and, and in your mind you think, how do they do that? How can they do that? How can they have peace amongst this storm? And I don't know about you, but I've thought about that sometimes. And you think about, wow, they must be really strong people. They must have really strong abilities to overcome the stresses of life. They, may be, they might even have a huge support system. Something is causing them to be able to have, overcome life circumstances. And I'm here to tell you, it has nothing to do with your ability. has nothing to do with your strength. It has nothing built by the ability of you to pull up your bootstraps. But it has everything to do with God himself. As he provides us peace. And where do we get that peace that surpasses all understanding? We have a whole book full of promises that we are called to trust in. That we are called to stand on. We are called to believe his word. And when we do that. And we understand his promises that he's given to us. And we understand the promises that that he tells us that says, you know, God loves you. And we stand on that promise. And then we we stand on a promise that, that it says that God wants the best for you. God wants the best for you. And then we stand on that promise that said that says God has the power to bring about the best for you. Isn't that amazing? Christian, that is promises from his word to us. That we really can do that. We can know that he loves us. We know that he has the best for us. And we know without a shadow of a doubt he has the ability and the power to make it happen in your life. And yet we walk around stressed out all day. Yet we walk around thinking that we've, we've got to come up with some sort of a peace that, that we can never grab a hold of. Christian, we can grab a hold of it. We can live in peace. You see, in, in, in John 14, 27, Jesus had something to say about peace. Did you know that? He said in, in, in John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as a world do I give to you. Not as worldly peace. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And Jesus was telling those folks that, that verse 
right before he's fixing to, to be crucified. And he says, I'm going to give you my peace. Not the world stuff. That's weak stuff. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be scared all the time. He said, I'm going to give you peace. We as Christians can have that peace. Did you know that? We can have that peace. It is available to it. We just got to take it. In John 10.10, Jesus talks about peace in a sense that he says, you know, I have come that I want to give you an abundant life. I want to give you an abundant life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, I get that. But Jesus said, no, that don't. I come to give you life and life more abundantly. But you see, we have an enemy out there that wants to take that away. We have an enemy that wants to steal your joy. We have an enemy that wants to crush your hope. We have an enemy that wants to take away everything that you've got that's, that's any good at all. And the enemy says, I want to destroy you and destroy everything that you might think is good. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm greater than him. I'm greater than him. You want abundant life? Abundant life, Jesus would say, is, is in me, not in this old world. You see, we can have abundant life because he's promised us an abundant life. Well, how come I don't have it? Well, what can I do to get it? Well, I'm fixing to tell you here in just a second. And then, he, and then we go back to that verse that we just read. To have divine peace, we must be obedient. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, Christians, we have, this is amazing stuff. We have, we have the ability to have within ourselves the peace that only Jesus can give to us. And see, he's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking to you and I. He's talking about Christians. We have the peace of Jesus. And he says, I'm going to give you that peace. I'm going to give you an abundant life. And I'm going to give you some peace that makes no sense. That the world will go, you're not supposed to be happy right here. You're not supposed to be calm right here. You're not supposed to be grateful right here. And Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm going to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding that makes no sense. Man, who, who would not want that? In this old world. And it's available to us at the grasp of our fingers if we're just willing to take it. How do we get that kind of peace? How do we get that peace that surpasses all understanding? And this is right here is where I would, wouldn't mind having you jot down four things. Okay? You don't have to, but it, uh, I want you to remember this because I, I know how life is. <laughs> I know that God, pulled, he, wants to, he wants to give us peace. And the enemy said, no, nah, you don't need peace. You don't deserve it. Well, yeah, you do. Because Jesus said, I'm going to give it to you. First thing we see here in our, in our steps of being a person that has the peace of God that lives within us. And the first one there, that's kind of simple, isn't it? You got to know God. I mean, that's the first step. You must be born again, Jesus said. You must repent of your sin, Jesus would say. You have got to have a relationship with God. You will never have peace without knowing the God of peace. You'll never have lasting peace, eternal peace, decades of peace, if you would, without knowing God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You cannot have the peace of God without knowing the God of peace. You see, 
Sin separates us from God. Did you know that? Sin has separated us from God. The Bible talks about a chasm there. That, that if, 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 if we don't give our heart and life to Christ, we're separated from God. And we know this, do we not? That God took on human form in the, in the form of Jesus. And he left perfection of heaven and he came down to this little ball out there in the universe. And Jesus, it says, walked on this earth for 33 years, lived a perfect life. And he came in order to provide salvation for anybody that would take it. They crucified him. And when they crucified him, what, what, what were they doing? They, he was just paying the price of our sin debt. That's all he was doing. They buried him. Three days later, he rises up from that old grave, conquering, conquering death. And the Bible says he now sits at the right hand of the Father. We must have a relationship with Jesus in order for us to be able to know the God of the universe. That is the first requirement. You'll never have peace without first having Jesus Christ in your life. You've got to know God before that. And if you have Jesus in your life, did you know something? That you can literally have the peace that he's promised us in his word. Who would not want that? You got to know Christ. You got to have Jesus in your heart. And then peace is available to you. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to tell you this with all love. You'll never have peace like you can have in this old world. You'll never have peace for an eternity because you'll be separated from holy God forever and forever. You want peace in this world. You want peace for eternity. You must accept Christ as Lord and Savior so that you now have a relationship with the God of the universe who hung the moon and the stars and all those billions of light years away stars. The one who knows the number of hairs on your head the one who knows the number of cells in your body still loves us, does he not? And we can have a relationship with him. The first thing I want to encourage you with, you've got to know God. There is Son, Jesus Christ. The second one there that I want you to see real quick. You must live in constant fellowship with God. You must live in constant fellowship with God. In verse uh, 4, 6 of Philippians, he said, be anxious for nothing. Yes. And then he puts this little phrase in there. But in everything. But in everything. Paul is urging us to be in constant communication with God. When you look up the word everything, the definition of everything is Everything. <laughs> that's deep okay I mean I, I didn't go to seminary but I, I figured that one out everything means everything I mean how, how can I rephrase that everything means everything when when the big things in life happen to us yeah we'll take those things to the Lord when the good things happen in our life, we probably don't take them to the Lord. 
when the bad things in life happen to us, do we take them to the Lord? Do we communicate with God a whole bunch every day? Do we take the, the minor little details, the things that you and I can handle on our own, do we take them to the Lord? I mean, just so even the little things. Do we take them to the Lord? Well, God's Word says we, we're supposed to take everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Are we willing to do that? Taking everything to the Lord means that we are aware of God's presence in our lives all day. Hmm. It means inviting God into every part of our life. It means communicating and having fellowship with Him on a continuing basis during the day. I want you to think about that. I think the problem that, that many of us as Christians have is we kind of think of God as an app. An app on your phone. I mean, I've got some apps on my phone, and, and I know you do too. And we treat him as an app. Well, what do you mean by that, Don? Well, I got the weather app on my phone. Okay? And every time I want to know what the temperature is, that's usually in the morning. All right, it's going to be 60 degrees today. Well, is it going to rain today? No. How windy is it going to be before I go out for a run? No, it's too windy. I'm not going to go. And I check my app, my weather app, and I look at it probably in the morning or one time a day. I close the app and then I forget about it. I got all the information I need on this on my weather app. Don't, don't need to look at it again because I've already looked at it. And I think sometimes as Christians, that's the way we do. We have a God app in our lives. And we, and we come on Sunday mornings and, and, and we open the God app. And we come for an hour or two and we sing a little bit and we pray a little bit and we listen to a message a little bit. We walk out the back door and we close the God app. And we don't open the God app again until next Sunday. Or we open up the God app in the morning. We maybe we have a little devotion or a little prayer time or whatever. And when we get finished with the God app in the morning, we close it and we never open it again until the next morning. Or maybe we just don't open the God app until something really bad happens in our lives. Man, I need that God app now. Boy, I better, I got to get that one opened up. I need some help. And we leave the God app closed until something bad happens. That's not communicating with the Lord on a continuing basis. You want to have peace in your life, you must be able to take everything to Him. You must be aware of His presence. You must be able to speak to Him 24-7. Uh, God, I got to need a little help here on this thing at, at work. God, I need a little help here with this relationship. God, thank you for that. That tree is beautiful out there. God, I, I, I just want to just say thank you, Father, for blessing me today. Get, thank you, Father, for getting me up today. And we keep this presence in our mind constantly. And we keep the God app open, if you would. I'm going to encourage you to keep the God app open all day. 
Man, if you got an issue at, at work, bingo, bango. Why don't you say a quick prayer about that? You got an issue at home, say a quick prayer about that. See, that's what it means to be praying, praying without ceasing. Is as you understand and you know and you feel it, the presence of God in your life. And we keep that app open instead of closing it after we use it in the morning. You want to have peace in your life, you keep the God app open as you communicate with Him all the time. You want peace? You give everything to Him and you can continue to communicate with Him over the course of a day. When the stressors of life come and stress starts to build up, we have an opportunity. We have a choice. Do we look within to solve that stressor? Or do we look up? Man, what a, what a fringe benefit we got as Christians. Because if we just know God and we want to communicate with Him, He has promised us that He will give us His peace when the storms of life come even if, like that song said, even if it doesn't appear that you're working, I know for a fact that you are. Thank you, Father. The third key is here that I would encourage you to write down. To experience God's peace, you must completely be honest with God. You must be completely honest with God. Boy, that's an easy one, isn't it? No, it's really not. You see, God knows everything, doesn't he? But we sometimes tend to hide things from God. Well, I say we, I'll just point fingers at me. There are some times I don't want to be in agreement with God that I thought that. Or I said that. Or I looked at that. And it's easier just to kind of just gloss over that. And, and, and say, oh, God, just... Forgive me of my sins. Boy, that's a, that's a good one. You want to be deep cleaned in your life? You list those sins one by one. You can't hide them from God. God already knows. And if you want this peace in this life, you've got to be completely honest with him. God, I, yeah, I said that. I said that. God, I did that. God, I looked there. God, I, I know I failed you. I know. And you verbally speak that. And you're going to be deep cleaned. Not just cleaned. You see, that's what we have to do if we want peace. We've got to be completely honest with him. You know, I thought of Adam and Eve. After they bit into the fruit. What did they do? They went off to the, in the garden and hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? Because they were afraid. They were afraid of what God might say. They were afraid that God might be mad at them. They didn't want to visit with holy God because they had now broken that fellowship with holy God. And they didn't want to see him, didn't want to speak to him, for sure didn't want to pray to him. And that's the way we get sometimes as believers. Uh, just, just going to pass over that one. No big deal. And God says, I want you to be completely honest with me. You see, when we sin as a Christian and we don't want to get right with God if you would we don't want to confess that we want to kind of hide that because we're afraid that God might not love us 
that he might be mad at us. Well, I'm here to tell you that's completely not false. I'm completely false. God loves us when we fail. God loves us when we come short because we are his children. If your boy or your daughter does something wrong and you know it, do you still love them? Well, of course you do. They're my, they're my children. I still love them. Might have to thump them on the head once or twice, but I still love them. God still loves us. Romans eight thirty five says this, Who will separate us from the love of God? Will tribulation, will distress, will persecution, will famine, will peril, will the sword, will nakedness separate us from the love of God? And of course the, the implied answer is no. Romans 8, 38, 39 goes even further than that. When it talks about the love of God, even when we fail him. And this verse says this, For I am convinced, Paul will write, I am convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things created or things to come, no power, no height, no depths, or any other created thing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus what a powerful, powerful two verses right there. Nothing, if you have been born again, if you are a child of God, can separate you from the love, even though you don't want to deal with it, even though you don't want to confess it. He still loves you. You want peace in this old world? Man, you've got to be honest with the Father. Honest with the Father. And I promise you, He will deep clean you at that point. He will forgive you, and He will cleanse you. 1 John 1, 9. Now, what a great thing. You want peace. That's another step that you have to do is to be completely honest with God. Because you know what? He knows anyway. But he wants you to confess. And the word confess means to agree. The fourth one real quick, and I'll be about done. Be intentional about being thankful. Be intentional about being thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Philippians 4, 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. He says, I want you to be thankful. I want you to be thankful in all situations of life. Well, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I I, I just got a phone call. The doc said I got cancer. Or I got some illness, or, I, or there's been a, a, a loss somewhere. And he says, be thankful in everything? How can we do that? You see, God's a big God. And God wants the best for us. And if you stop and just think about that concept, that being thankful even, even amongst the, the difficulties of life, The positive side of that statement is that you get to watch God's faithfulness to you. You get to watch it. You get to see his faithfulness to you as he brings you through the struggles of life. And because we can see that, we can see him working, we can see his faithfulness, 
and we can see Him doing for my good and for His glory, we can honestly say, thank you, Father, for what's going on in my life. That's what it means to be thankful for everything. Not thankful for the cancer, but thank you for you, Father, as I watch you faithfully minister in my life. That's a big deal. What does that look like? Father, I got this issue in my life. I don't have the resources. I don't have the ability. I don't have the strength to deal with it. But Father, I want to just give it to you. I'm going to lay it at your feet. And I'm going to be thankful that you are in control. That you are sovereign. I'm going to be thankful that I can see you working in my life. I can see your faithfulness. I can see the promises that I'm standing on right now and trusting in and believing coming to fruition. Man, you want peace in your life? That's how you get it. You begin to have a heart of gratitude. You have an attitude of gratitude. So there are four ways and I believe you got to do all four of them if you truly want to have peace. And I'm just going to urge you, man, if, if you've written those down and you got them, whatever, or I'll give them to you later. I would suggest to you if, if you try those for a month to the best of your ability, I honestly believe God will bring you peace during the hard times of life. I, I, there's not a doubt about it. Because you see, all four of those are biblically Accurate. Knowing God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Having a heart that says, I want to communicate with you, God, 24-7. When I'm at work, when I'm at play, when I'm at home, when I'm with other people. I still want to communicate with you. God, I promise I will be honest. Even if honesty hurts. <laughs> because I can't hide, I can't hide nothing from you, God. You already know it anyway. But what does God want from you and I? The Bible says, I don't need your burnt offerings. I don't need your burnt sacrifices. Psalm 51 says, all I want is a humble and a contrite heart. And we, when you have to humble yourself and you say, God, I did this and this and this and this and this. I promise you deep cleaning will take place in your life. And then I'm going to have a heart of gratitude, knowing that you are in control, knowing that you want the best for me, knowing that whatever, however you solve this is good for me and great for you. Can we have peace amongst the chaos? Yeah, we can. Christian, that's just for us. That's not for the outside world. He didn't promise that to anybody else, that kind of peace. I urge you, urge you to look that list over and follow the list. And just not see if God won't bring peace to you in the midst of the chaos. As we bow our heads and close our eyes for the invitation time. I hope, I hope God's spoken to you. I hope he has 
said something to you. I hope he's either encouraged you about uh, you can't have peace no matter what. You really can't. Uh, when, when, when you begin to doubt all of that, that you really can't have peace, that's just the enemy saying you can't. And God says, yeah, you can because here's my promises. Here's my promises. Christians, you can have the peace that Jesus talked about. If you need to commit that to the Lord. Man, I would just do that right now. Do business with God. Just God, here's what here's what He said. Father, this is what I want to do. Father, help me to commit to those four. And Father, I, as I commit to those four, I believe and I trust and I have faith in that you're going to do what, what you said you would do if I just did these four. Yeah, you can have peace in the chaos. You pray. However, God has led you. Just as I am. to the Lord listen to the Lord humble and contrite to be mended Father, we thank you that we could come to you at any time in any place. Father, we thank you that we can come with open arms. God, I just pray that you would just burn into our hearts the message that you have for us today. That, Father, we really be a people that seek peace and that we will be a people that, that want your peace and that we have it's available to us and we have no excuse, Father, when we don't have peace because you told us how to, how to go about it. So, God, we just thank you for that. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love. Father, we thank you for your promises of your word. Thank you for your peace that will surpass all understanding that is available to all of us as as born-again believers. Father, we thank you for that. What a great fringe benefit you've given to us. Father, I pray that we will grab hold of that and trust it and believe it and live it out in our lives. Even if life is hard, we know that you are sorry. Father, I thank you now, God, for all that you have done in my life and the life of this church. Be with us this week. In your holy and precious name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week. Behave.